Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. One lucky listener will win an $800 prize package full of gift cards from our local partners and will also give away a $150 runner-up prize package. When you celebrate the holiday season by shopping at local businesses like Conflux Tap House, Art Attic, The Trailhead, Float Missoula, Greenhouse Pharmacy, or Bob Ward's, more of your money stays in our community. Learn more and enter to win online at 1029ESPN.com and happy holidays. ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275ES Missoula. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's easy to complain about the regionality of the FCS playoffs, yet the regionality of the FCS playoffs has us with two of the premier matchups that we've ever covered, especially for second-round matchups coming up on Saturday. Welcome in. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. We'll talk all the way around the FCS playoff bracket, including the powerhouse matchups between Montana at North Dakota State, as Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, said earlier this week, a collision course, and now they meet for the first time in a long time. We'll also talk about Weber State at Montana State, two of the best programs in the big sky in the Western United States and in the FCS. We'll also talk about the uh, logistics of the uh, the playoff selection. We also got some high school coverage for you coming up. Derek Lear, the head coach of the Fergus County Golden Eagles. That's Lewistown. He will join us to recap his squad's epic run. We also got some free sandwiches, some free Taglieri Deli for you coming up. We got our Treasure State Stars, some of the best individual performances from around the state. And in this one, uh, part performances, part homages, because a couple uh, dedications made across the state. One, the passing of a pioneer, Ginny Hunt, one of the most influential people in women's athletics in the state of Montana ever. The first director of women's athletics at Montana State more than almost 50 years ago when Title IX was first passed. She passed away yesterday, I guess last week, Friday, uh, at the age of 86. So a life well lived. We'll talk a little bit about Dr. Ginny Hunt. We'll also talk about the latest homage to the one and only Robin Selvig. As part of our Treasure State Stars. And then uh, hour number two, we're going to talk some college hoops. As uh, we have been sort of, I don't know if behind is the right word, but we put a high priority on football. And uh, that's kind of what it is, how it goes. And uh, none of you seem to have very many complaints about such things. But we will get caught up on college basketball. We'll also talk some more about the World Cup. We're just going to get caught up on a lot of stuff that we haven't really touched on that will become primary subject of this show Uh, in the upcoming months. And then depending on how Grizz practice goes, when they get wrapped up, we may or may not hear from Malik Flowers, record-setting senior for the Grizz. He will either join us today or tomorrow. It just depends on when the Grizz uh, wrap-up practice. That'll be our Grizz Star of the Week. So there you go. It's our show outlook presented by Brett Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Coulter Nuanas, Nuanas Now. You can always stream the show on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find that stream. You can also always stream the show on the ESPN MT app. 
And uh, if you're listening on the radio, 1029 ESPN Missoula, love you for doing it. If you're watching on the TV, SWX Montana Television, love you for being here. And if you're streaming, congratulations. You figured out the technology that can get you this show and ESPN Radio anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day. And uh, this show, plus Grizz Hockey and Grizz Lacrosse, are featured on the ESPN MT app. If you're watching visually, you notice I got another, yet another uh, new black polo. And uh, the guys at Graphic Imprints, they, they hooked it up. They got sweet gear. This is a Travis Madison shirt. So, I mean, for those golf aficionados out there, you know Travis Madison's nice stuff. And uh, we got our logos on here. Got my little Nuanez now right here on the breast. Thanks to Nate and the guys at uh, Graphic Imprints. Nate Dolan, former Grizz wide receiver, and uh, now the sales rep here in the Western Montana uh, area there for Graphic Imprints. If you want to get your company all geared out, whether you need apparel, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl, design, promotion, awards, anything and everything, Graphic Imprints has got you. Nate at graphic-imprints.com is how you can reach him, or you can also just visit graphic-imprints.com. I'm not going to even ever run out of these new shirts, I don't think. I've worn a new one every day for like three uh, weeks in a row. They they definitely hooked it up and uh, definitely very, very cool. So if you need anything for uh, your business, always good to be uh, branded. Looked like a fun time downtown uh, here in Missoula today, as it almost always is. For those that uh, are into soccer, you already know all the reasons why you're into soccer. For those that maybe aren't, but you want to get into it, I would suggest going and finding uh, a sports bar or an establishment that's showing the World Cup. And uh, I would go down there and watch a game surrounded by other football enthusiasts. When I was first out of college, I lived in Ellensburg, Washington, which is dead center in the... uh, Heart of Washington, and that's you know, Washington itself as a state, such a, a great reputation for one of the uh, the agricultural um, most fertile agricultural parts of land in this country. Obviously, the Palouse, well known for uh, their ability to grow awesome uh, foods of a variety of sorts, and. Uh, then Central Washington has great uh, agriculture as well, but also Yakima, Washington, which is just about 30 miles from Ellensburg, is sort of the central place where all the stuff is packed and then shipped out. So it's, it's like the central hub, kind of like how Great Falls is in, in Montana. And uh, because, because of that, there's a large uh, Hispanic population in that portion of the world. And so I remember when the World Cup was rolling in, I, I guess it would have been 20... 10? Is that right? 2010? And uh, that's when I first got into I saw how big the, the World Cup can be for, for people that come from different places than America or people that trace their roots back to outside of the United States. I used to go down to this sweet taco truck there in Ellensburg and watch the World Cup games, and it was just so fun, and people would just get so into it. So if you want to get into soccer, I would suggest – Finding a place where you can go view the game with a a uh, congregation of people and uh, let the energy surround you and envelope you. I, I'm certain it will make it a much more fun time. I was running around this afternoon getting a bunch of stuff recorded for this show for the remainder of the week. Talked to Matt Entz, the head coach of North Dakota State. Uh, also talked to... Cody Mouch, who's a uh, offensive tackle for NDSU, and uh, also caught up with a whole bunch of people from around the Big Sky Conference as well today. So all that stuff upcoming either here on Nuanas Now or on the Big Sky Breakdown. But that's all to say, I did not get a chance to watch any of the United States' World Cup match today uh, against Iran. But Andrew, I know that you uh, were... Following along, watching, I, I saw you move into the studio so you could uh, multitask. And uh, I also hear that uh, America won. Take us through it. Uh, first, 
first victory, right, of, of this, this World Cup for the United States? That's right, Coulter. USA, baby, uh, needed to win today against Iran to move on to the knockout rounds. This is the final group stage game. U.S. had two draws in its first two games, so needed that three points today. Uh, Coulter is really similar to the Wales game that the U.S. opened the tournament with, if you remember anything about that one. U.S. looked great in the first half. Scored one. Christian Pulisic sort of crashing into the goal on a kamikaze effort. Uh, to put the ball into the net. He left the game injured at halftime. He got hurt on that play. Uh, could have been more. United States has a, had a goal right at the end of the first half, ruled out for offside, which was a very, very, very close offside call. That would have made it 2 to nothing at halftime and taken off a lot of the stress, I think, that we experienced in the second half. Because just like that Wales game that opened the tournament... U.S. tried to sit back and defend their lead and defend that goal, and Iran, that's a good team, man. Came forward, put a lot of pressure on the United States. U.S. had to clear a ball off the line in stoppage time. There were a couple other really good chances for Iran there at the end. U.S. got it done, though, one nothing win, so they're on to the knockout rounds next game on Saturday. So put this, uh, put this into perspective for us, uh, just in terms of uh, oftentimes if the United States at the World Cup gets into the knockout round, then anything after that is is just gravy. Uh, but it seems like this U.S. team maybe has slightly higher uh, aspirations than that. So where are we at just with uh, America's standing within this tournament? Yeah, Coulter, sort of the state of American soccer is that you're absolutely right. This is the expectation. This is the the minimum expectation, I think, for the United States at this point in their soccer history. That doesn't mean that it's guaranteed every time. You know they were... A couple feet from being knocked out in the group stage today on that later on chance. But it is the minimum expectation, but I think we're still at the point in our nation's soccer culture and history where, yeah, I mean, anything after this is going to be looked at as a real bonus. Uh, And it's a tough game on Saturday. They're playing the Netherlands, who won Group A. So that's the thing. When you finish second in your group, you got to play a group winner from another group. So that's usually a tough matchup. Netherlands came into this tournament, obviously a great soccer nation, great history, great tradition. They've got a really good team. The U.S. will be underdogs, but it's not something where I don't think anybody would be surprised or shocked by a U.S. win. But if they get anything more out of this tournament, certainly uh, not what was expected. And certainly it would be a little bit of a bonus. Where are we at? Last question on this. We'll come back to this in hour number two a little bit. But uh, is there anything else that's been... um, surprising or um, maybe not on script uh, that's happened so far uh, in these preliminary rounds at the World Cup in Qatar? Well, the story of the World Cup so far has been that the favorites, I mean, the teams that you think of when you think about the World Cup, sure. have either been really dominant or they've been having a lot of trouble, Coulter. And we I see mean, Argentina lost, right? Argentina lost their first game to Saudi Arabia 2-1 to one and had to come back and there was uh, win a nail-biter against Mexico. Just a really tense, awesome game between two great nations with great soccer tradition, neither of them in the place that they wanted to be. Lionel Messi scored a great goal to open the scoring in that one. Argentina went on to win 2 to nothing in that one. Uh, but also you see Germany getting knocked off. But the story, of the, the other favorites have been, not only are they taking care of business, they're taking care of business emphatically, right? France is going on and beating Australia 4-1 to one in their opening game. Uh, Spain's putting up seven goals on Costa Rica, right? Like right. it's been it's been really weird. It's been really topsy turvy, and for a lot of the favorites, it's been one or the other. It's been either a really good showing, which you think would uh, put them in a really good place going into the knockout rounds, or it's been they've been having a lot of trouble, and not just having a lot of trouble, but losing games and being put into really difficult positions. Nuan is now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Andrew Houghton, chime it in here uh, on your radio machine. Thank you, Andrew. We'll have more from Andrew uh, later on throughout the show. Uh, Also, be sure to go check out the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. It's a great time of year for that. Andrew's doing a great job on it. And uh, he covers soccer on every level you really can, as a guy that lives in Montana, 
Great job with the high school stuff, the college uh, collegiate Big Sky Conference stuff with the University of Montana women's soccer team, and also gives you some national and international perspectives on there as well. And they got a great giveaway going on over there at uh, Soccer and Snow and Smoke as well. So rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Get the uh, Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast uh, on your radar and in your life. Uh, let's talk some FCS playoffs. First of all, I'll give you a disclaimer. I, I'm not naive. I don't live under a rock. I fully understand that if you have a selection process that includes 10 individual people from across the country sitting in a room and talking, that's going to be an inherently flawed process, and that has nothing to do with the specific individuals. It just has to do with, well, the process and human nature and whatever. That's what the FCS Playoff Selection Committee is. It's uh, various conference administrators or various uh, athletic department administrators from across the conferences. The Big Sky Conference rep here uh, in Missoula, Kent Haslam, the, or excuse me, from the Big Sky Conference is Kent Haslam. It's not in Missoula. He's just from Missoula, from the University of Montana. Um, so that's the Big Sky rep there. But then the other thing is that the bracket is going to be inherently flawed because the I think one of the most fundamental misunderstandings in college athletics is that the NCAA is a legislating body. The NCAA is not a legislative body. The NCAA is a conglomeration and affiliation collection of... The NCAA's purpose is to ex, is to plan and execute championships. Now, okay, you say, well, what, why does the NCAA then get to enforce rules? Well, they get to enforce rules as rules to, to qualify for their championships. I think a lot of people don't know this still. The college football playoff is not administered by the NCAA. It is administered by the college football playoff. It's an independent entity. That is one of the reasons why college football has seen so much fragmentation, so much realignment, so much uh, disparity in terms of money, and uh, such a, a shift to just the, the absolute powerhouse programs, the Blue Bloods, so much of that stems from the college football playoff not being administered by the NCAA. These schools can make significantly more money when there's not a revenue-sharing model. And the less schools they have to share revenue with, the more money they get. You wonder if the... Uh, the NCAA tournament was to ever go independent or if there was ever to get privatized or if, if, if there was ever to be competition for the NCAA tournament, what that would do to Division I college athletics. That said, the, the largest classification of football that the NCAA administers the championship for is the FCS. So therefore, then that comes with some financial challenges. It comes with uh, revenue sharing and a prioritization on money. Still, though, there's a lot of controversy going on when it comes to the FCS playoff bracket. Several of the pieces of controversy stem from Big Sky Conference teams. There was there was some pundits, some people out there that didn't think Montana deserved to be in. Well, the Grizzlies got in, and they won their first-round game. And so I think that that sort of solidified that they probably did deserve to be in the first-round field. But either way... Uh, the the chairman of the selection committee went on the record and said that uh, so the, the previous understanding always was that a team had to make the playoff field first. Then once they made the playoff field, they could bid. Montana's almost always going to win a bid when they make the playoff field. But this year, the chairman of the, the committee actually said that it was taken into slight consideration what the bid might be before a team was selected. But it, it, then, the, you know, this was in an interview with the Missoulian, and this this went on then to say that um, Montana was first selected on merit, accomplishment, and strength of schedule, and then uh, the bid was put into, um, put into influence, I guess we shall say. That's only one of the pieces of controversy, though, uh, in the bracket. The other ones just have to do with the regionalization of this whole thing. Uh, there's multiple conferences now that 
get auto bids that are not on the same level as some of the the Blue Blood conferences in the FCS. I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry this year. The Big Sky Conference is the best conference in the country. The Colonial Athletic Association and the Missouri Valley are, are 2A and 2B, whichever way you want to rank them. And uh, then probably the Southland is there, the SOCON. And uh, then there's all the other conferences that maybe aren't fully funded. They don't have full scholarship allotments. And um, it's just truly a different level of football. Well, it also happens to be that if you were to look at a map of the FCS, of the I, can't, I don't know the exact number of schools that are FCS members right now. I think it's between 120 and 125. But if you were to look at a map of those schools... I'd say about 100 are on the uh, in the eastern time zone and maybe smattered a little bit into the central time zone. And then about 20 are on the western half of the United States. I'm not even saying west of the Mississippi, but even really out west. I mean, you got the handful of, of schools in Texas, and then you got the Missouri Valley schools, some of which that are on the central time zone as well. Uh, I, I guess probably all of which that are actually on central time. So as far as mountain standard time teams in the FCS, you got the 12 schools in the big sky, Got a couple Pioneer League teams like San Diego in there, and that's about it. So, one, it's not a surprise that the most competitive teams in the FCS are the ones out west. Way less of a population area out here in the west. Uh, the The schools are, are a quote-unquote bigger draw, bigger deal for where they're from. I mean, think, Idaho doesn't have pro sports. Montana doesn't have pro sports. You know, and Utah just has the Jazz, so it's not that surprising that some of the the perennial powers are out here in the West. That said, though, with the high prioritization on regionalization, it makes so that the draws, the early draws, are um, not not equitable. So let's take a look at what went down in the FCS playoffs. It's not a surprise to me that the uh, Colonial Athletic Association dominated their first-round games. The CAA went 3-1 and one in first-round games. The uh, the champion of the CAA, William & Mary, got the number 5 seed, and then all the other qualifiers out of the CAA had to play in the first round. Delaware destroyed St. Francis out of the uh, Northeastern Conference. St. Francis is 56-17. to 17. The NEC is one of those leagues that's not fully funded yet. They don't have a full 63 scholarship. So, you know, like they're like a mid-major FCS program or FCS programs that that conglomeration is. It's not that big of a surprise. New Hampshire beat Fordham. Fordham comes out of the Patriot League. New Hampshire had to hold on for that one, but they won 52-42. Uh, so that's two CAA wins but ones that you totally, completely expected. Gardner-Webb went on the road and beat Eastern Kentucky. That was one of the uh, the lone upsets of the first round. And the uh, the only road team that won a first-round game, Gardner-Webb beat Eastern Kentucky 52-41. to The uh, other CAA teams that played in the first round included Richmond, dismantling Davidson. Davidson's out of the Pioneer League. That's non-scholarship, so they operate more like a D3 than a D1. It's not to say they don't have good players. They do have good players. A lot of those schools are high academic schools, so they can get a certain type of guy. Uh, that said, I just I just don't think there should be a non-scholarship league that gets a automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. I think that the playoff expansion was enacted, uh, first and foremost, for television, to be able to show as many games as possible, to be able to have football on TV on ESPN over the Thanksgiving weekend. But it was not very advantageous for any of the teams that had home games. Everybody was well below their attendance. I mean, I know there was a lot of conversation about Montana. And I thought Montana's fan base was great, even though they only sold 13000 and change in tickets. I actually thought those that did show up were loud and impactful for sure. And uh, that's a far cry from some of the other attendances you saw out there. I mean, there was like 4,000 people at the Weber State game. So... Uh, I digress, though. The uh, The home field was certainly impactful, and I, I I think that this first round exists, though, for TV, and I think a lot of times there's teams getting in that uh, just aren't on the same level of competition. So Richmond, the Spiders, they beat Davidson 41-0, to and uh, 
Then the last CAA team, the one CAA team to lose, was Elon. They lost to Furman 31-6. to uh, And then your last first-round scores included the two Big Sky schools. Uh, Idaho lost at Southeastern Louisiana 45-42, so the dream run for the Vandals comes to an end. And that's my biggest question about Idaho going into the offseason is just being competitive, being in the mix, winning some big games, has everybody calling it a dream season. At the end of the day, they finished 7-5. and five. They're a program that has a lot of, of advantages that other programs don't have. So this Cinderella run was a once-off. Now what do you do? Because now you got to be better. Now you're going to have expectations. Now, now people are going to expect you to be good. So where's Idaho do for an encore? We'll see. But it was a heartbreaking loss for them at Sela. They had a game-tying field goal attempt to tie it, and Ricardo Chavez slipped, and uh, he misses the kick. And uh, so Sela moves on, to, uh, and Idaho's season ends. And then North Dakota, they went to Ogden and played Weber State. And the Wildcats jolted out to a 24-0 lead and then held on for a 38-31 win. So uh, here's how the round of 16 looks. South Dakota State will host Delaware. That's the top seed of Jackrabbits hosting uh, the Blue Hens. Eighth seed of Holy Cross will host New Hampshire. Third seed of North Dakota State hosts Montana. Sixth seed of Sanford hosts Southeastern Louisiana. Fifth seed of William & Mary hosts Gardner-Webb. Seventh seed of Incarnate Word hosts Furman. Fourth seeded Montana State hosts Weaver State, and second seeded Sac State hosts Richmond. We'll come back to this. I want to know which games are the most intriguing first round games. Andrew and I will discuss that. But right now, take a break from FCS playoff talk, and we'll put a final bow on high school football, at least for right now. Derek Lear, the head coach of the Fergus County Golden Eagles, will join us. That's Lewistown for those keeping track. He led Lewistown to their first state title in more than 20 years. He's a former Montana State Northern quarterback who's doing great things there in Lewistown. Derek Lear, the head coach of the Fergus County Golden Eagles, will join us next. Keep it right here for some high school football talk. It's Duana's Now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit Skyline Sports and mt.com and subscribe for only eight dollars a month or ninety dollars a year skylinesportsmt.com every day every season nuanas now espn radio swx montana television and the espn mt app appreciate you being here it's supposed to be real cold tonight jack weatherman told me so single digits so uh, make sure you got those fireplaces all stoked. It's time now for our prep extra. A couple weeks since the high school state champions were named across the state in football. And uh, we caught up with uh, a couple people. We caught up with Kyle Mahelish, the head coach of the Capital Bruins, the AA state champions there from Helena last week. We also caught up with Pat Duchesne Jr., the uh, quarterback for the Florence Falcons last week. Uh, the Class B state champions. And uh, now we go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in the head coach of the Class A state champions, the Fergus County Golden Eagles. That's Lewistown for those keeping track where Fergus County might be. It's Derek Lear, head coach of the Golden Eagles. They went 12-0 this year, capped by an impressive 34-14 victory over Billing Central in the Class A state championship game. Coach Lear, thanks for being here, man. Haven't talked to you in quite some time. How you been? Thanks for jumping on. Hey, how are you? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. Uh, doing doing good. Um, 
had some uh, pretty exciting uh, days over the past weekend, obviously, with the excitement in the community. And, uh, yeah, doing doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, Lewistown, one of my favorite places. If anybody that's listening has never been there, I would suggest making a drive. It is uh, an awesome place, great community, so beautiful there uh, in Lewistown. But success in football and, and in uh, boys' sports in general – has eluded the Golden Eagles for a while, but you've put together back-to-back awesome seasons, a Final Four run last year and then a uh, undefeated run this year. So just take us through it. I know you've only been there for a couple of years as the head coach. What, what did you encounter when you first took over the job? What sort of things did you want to do to sort of alter the program? And how have you guys been able to turn this thing around so quickly and, and had, have such uh, winning success so early on here? Yeah, uh, you know, it starts with... Uh, great kids to be honest with you um pretty lucky with a a great group of kids obviously uh last year the success they had in basketball uh speaks for it as well um you know this is my ninth year here in lewistown uh second year as the head coach but i was an assistant for uh you know those first seven years so got to know the kids uh knew kind of uh who was coming into the program uh but the biggest thing was uh you know, off-season training um, that I really wanted to uh, have them focus on. Uh, you know, and these these kids sacrificed uh, some time in the summer and in the off-season and uh, worked their tails off in the weight room, and uh, they just kind of formed a, a brotherhood in the off-season and a love for, uh, you know, football and, and basketball and just success in sports in general. Um, you know, and that was kind of my biggest thing is, uh, kind of build a, a family a family feeling here, um, but yeah, just a, a great group of kids that uh, that sacrificed and those sacrifices that a lot of people didn't see kind of you know translated to the success you've seen the last couple of years. So yeah, just uh, pretty blessed with a, a great group of kids. Well, a lot of times too, we see in sports when you suffer your biggest heartbreaks, those can be your biggest motivators. Yeah. And I know that you guys losing in the semifinals probably <clears throat> heartbreaking, especially considering. Everything that community had faced too, with the those kids getting in that yep. car wreck and passing away, and that, you know that was yep. just a tearjerker for everybody to to watch that, but also to see you guys rally and get as far as they did. But how much do you think just last year played into this year, just in terms of motivating you guys? You talk about the sacrifice that was probably going through their minds, what they had lost both on the football field, but also from a personal perspective. Absolutely, um, you know we had. Uh... We'd, we'd had a, a heck of a season leading up to that moment, obviously uh, beat Billing Central for the first time in 35 years. And then, uh, you know, 24 hours later, uh, one of your, your captains and your brothers pass, you know, pass away in a car wreck. Um, you know, I think that was a, a huge moment in these boys' lives, just, uh, you know, how they handled it. And they just, they kind of just bonded together over it, uh, honestly. And, um, you know, that was something that you uh, you never uh, hope to experience or, um, you know, don't have training, I guess, in how to ex- uh, handle those situations. But uh, these boys just rallied together. Our community rallied together. Um, you know, and we found a way to beat Miles City the next week, had a bye week, and then, uh, you know, uh, went on a, on, a, on a run in the playoffs. And then, obviously, you know, a lot of our uh, football players, uh, play basketball as well, and you know just that bond that they had and the success that they had seen uh, in that football season, I think helped and translated over into basketball too. But uh, yeah, you know the biggest thing is these kids were hungry. Uh, they felt like they were good enough last year, um, obviously, to play in a state title game. And you know we ran into Hamilton, who was a you know heck of a football team. Uh, and then obviously to lose the way they did in basketball um, just kind of left them on a cliff. And uh, you know. Absolutely, losing your brother and then losing losing the way they did in, in both football and basketball. Just they, they were hungry. Um, you know, they used that to as motivation, I guess. And uh, yeah, you know, um, I think they're still hungry a little bit too, uh, leading into basketball and, and want to go get another one too. But yeah, no, just the way they handled it. Uh, you know how sports are. Uh, they teach you uh, life life lessons, life skills, and uh, you know the way they handled themselves through that. Uh, that uh, whole situation was was unbelievable, and you know, ultimately that's why I think we've seen success for sure. Derek Lear joining us. He's the head coach of Fergus County 
the Lewiston Golden Eagles, the Class A champions in football. They defeated Billings Central 34-14 two weeks ago to cap a perfect 12-0 season. Coach, take us through the playoff run because uh, it, it wasn't easy, and you guys had to play a couple high-pressure games. I mean, I was just hooked to Twitter at refreshing, <laughs> refreshing when you guys were playing Polson because both you guys, I mean, talk about a, a tough situation. I mean, one team's going to lose their first game of the year, and it's going to be the last game that they play with both you guys yep. being undefeated. And anyway, Jarrett Wilson was one of the great players in the state of Montana, all classifications. But you guys seem to to have the magic. So uh, just take us through your playoff run leading up to uh, the state championship clash with Billing Central. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, having a having a bye week was huge for us um, just to get healthy and then uh, play Columbia Falls. And Columbia Falls was a, a heck of a ball club. Really good, yeah. Um, you know, they had they had Polson on the ropes at home, and Polson found a way to uh, win that game. And so we knew we were going to be in a dogfight for that. The weather it was blowing about 70 miles an hour. Uh, here, so I know that changed some game plans for both them and us. But uh, yeah, our boys just rallied, found ways to uh, make enough plays to advance there, and then you know going to that Polson game. I just you know us, the coaching staff had a feeling we were going to play Polson at some point, and uh, gosh, heck of a football team. Uh, like you said, the Wilson kid just just dangerous. Um, really, really, really impressed with the way he played and handled handled everything. He was just in full control and. Uh, you know, the biggest thing was for us to, to get a lead, uh, make enough plays to, to get a lead in that game and, and use our run our run game to manage the clock a little bit and try to keep him off the field. And, you know, our just uh, our, our kids just have experienced uh, big games and, you know, we, we made more plays than they did. And, uh, you know, our, our defense obviously gave up the most points we had all year, but, uh, you know, they got some, got some stops when we needed to and our, our offense – uh, put some points up on the board. So yeah, that was a that was a heck of a game, um, you know. And uh, our boys were, you know, look obviously looking close to that Billing Central game and the Hamilton game. And you know, when uh, Billing Central uh, kind of handled them, uh, you know, they're <laughs> Billing Central is dangerous. And you know, we made enough plays the first time we played them to uh, to come out on top. But uh, you know, the two running backs, Clay Oven and and the Boyd kid, um, Kate Boyd just uh playmakers and you know they could break one tackle and go to the house so again it was it was important for us in championship game to to get a lead and and uh you know kind of control what we could control and you know defense stepped up again we uh you know have a great defensive coordinator in troy hudson he's been around uh lewistown coaching for forever coached in the two uh the 2001 state championship game as well and so uh he just had the boys ready and uh, ultimately, yeah, our offense put up some points, but our defense uh, allowed us to win champion the championship this year. So, yeah, just just proud of the way they played and and came to play in those games. Prep Extra here on Nuanas Now, it's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and ESPN MT app. Derek Lear, the head coach of the Lewistown Golden Eagles, joining us here uh, on the radio dial. Prep Extra presented by Farmers State Bank. Bank like a local, Montana native, or just putting down roots. Farmer State Bank will make you feel at home. Farmer State Bank has been helping Montanans succeed since 1907. Uh, last thing for you, Coach. Uh, obviously a very special group of young men, and you mentioned the fact that they uh, came up just short uh, in hoops as well, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to be uh, passionately chasing an opportunity there now that basketball is all, all the way underway. But what will you remember about this group? I mean, your first state championship as a head coach, uh, what will you remember about this team most? Oh, their love for each other. Uh, to be honest with you, they just—they, you couldn't get them out of the locker room after practices, after games. They just—they wanted to be with each other all the time. Um, you know, just great leaders, uh, great football players, great all-around kids. Um, you know, and just, uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss—I'm gonna miss our senior leadership, and I'm just, uh, yeah, so proud of them. But the biggest thing was they—they they were a brotherhood, they were a family, and it showed on the football field. Well, congratulations. Thanks so much for taking some time uh, today with us, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road, but thanks for making some time, Coach. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. There you go. Derek Lear. Funny how uh, life, your paths come back and, and cross. I uh, I remember once upon a time I was writing for a, a little startup magazine called Hometown Pride, and we were just writing prep features and Frontier Conference features, and one of the features I wrote 
which was also in association with the Frontier Conference, so it was on their website and stuff, was about Derek Lear when he was a quarterback at Montana State Northern. He's a great player there. And uh, I thought right in that story that, oh, this guy might might turn out to be a coach someday. And sure enough, here he is, and uh, now he's a state championship coach. So congratulations to Coach Lear and uh, his squad for getting it done uh, there with Lewistown, beating Billing Central 34-14 to win the uh, Class A state championship. So there you go. we got some insights, some interviews from uh, AA A and B uh, efforting some state championship uh, rehashings from the Class C ranks. So we will uh, have that for you when we do later on this week, maybe next week we'll see. But uh, either way, it's been very fun covering high school football this year and uh, almost ready to to turn the chapter to basketball, but thought we'd fit that one in here uh, today on Nuanas Now. That is our prep extra. It's presented by Farmers State Bank. You can open an account by visiting FarmersEbank.com. Farmers State Bank has been helping enrich the lives of Montanans since 1907. How about some of the best performances from the state of Montana over the last week? We'll have our Treasure State Stars plus some free Taglieri. Taglieri Deli Tag Tuesday next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of the Foo Fighters. One of the uh, one of those that we lost along the way here this year. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Looking for a place for some Christmas gifts? I got a good place for you. You probably didn't think of this. Tagliari Delicatessen. They're on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Right there uh, in the mall, right next to the roundabout. You already know about the world famous, and I'm serious, world famous. People Magazine, Food Network, a whole bunch of people have been in there for the sandwiches. You already know about the sandwiches. This is a great place, though, to go put together a little gift basket. Get some olive oil. Yeah, think about how bad, how much it annoys you to buy your own olive oil. Unless you're somebody like me that's just, like, obsessed with curating the oils and things. I love the... uh, that's that's what I like to spend my money on is the uh, the things that are for the fancy cooking. But either way, sometimes it's like sort of annoying to have to buy that kind of stuff. But if you get it as a gift, you just love it. It's going to last you so long. It's going to help you improve your life so much. They got great olive oil selection, pasta, uh, pasta sauces, all sorts of fun stuff there. They also have some great old world wine there at Tagliari as well. So uh, if you Looking for somewhere to get some fun holiday gifts? Go on down to Tag, and uh, you can even get yourself some lunch while you're shopping, too. Get yourself uh, one of their delicious sandwiches. We give you the opportunity to win Tag the Area every single Tuesday here on Nuanas Now, Tag Tuesday. All you got to do is call us. Caller number 5-406-888-1029. That's 888 Caller number 5. We got a $25 gift card for you. To tag Larry Dilly. So call right now, 406 888 1029. Call number five. We'll get you all hooked up here on Tag Tuesday. Another Tuesday staple, Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union is a great place to uh, get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. couple Treasure State stars for you. First, on a somber note, but one of great homage for being a pioneer in women's athletics, Ginny Hunt, who is certainly a visionary and one of the most influential people in women's athletics, particularly for Montana State University. Dr. Ginny Hunt passed away yesterday, or I got some Friday, excuse me, last week at the age of 86. I'm just going to read you. A little bit of the release 
for Montana State Athletics. I think it uh, it puts her her impact into perspective. It only seems fitting that former Montana State Director of Women's Athletics, Dr. Virginia Jenny Hunt, would quietly exit the sports arena in a year which celebrates the 50th anniversary of the passing of Title IX. Hunt, a pioneer and visionary of women in collegiate athletics, not only at Montana State, but at the national level, passed away on Friday morning at her home in Iowa, surrounded by family. She was 86. Following graduation, Hunt arrived at the College of Wooster, a private liberal arts college in Wooster, Ohio, in 1962. Hunt started her teaching career as an instructor in the Women's Phys- Physical Education Department and rose quickly to an assistant professor spot before becoming an associate professor in 1970. At the time, Wooster, which is now a Division Three school, had women's club programs in basketball, field hockey, and volleyball. The clubs moved to varsity status in 1965, and Hunt coached the field hockey and volleyball teams. In 1970, she served as the first director of athletics for women at Wooster. She earned her Ph.D. from uh, North Carolina Greensboro, and in 1976, she took an athletic director job at the University of Michigan. In 1977, just a couple years after Title IX was passed, Hunt was announced as the first women's athletic director at Montana State. MSU's thriving women's athletic programs will stand forever as a testimony to Hunt's success and her ability to pioneer. At her first women's basketball game at MSU in 1977, she was one of 250 fans in attendance. At her last game, which she attended, I think, last year, there was more than 5,000 people in attendance. So she watched it grow and grow and grow and grow. She also helped... Uh, in so many different ways. They have multiple homages and titles and athletic department positions and and things named after Ginny Hunt, but uh, certainly a pioneer and uh, someone worth remembering for sure. So she is the lead of our Treasure State Stars here, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Treasure State Star number two, Robin Selvig. You know the name, and now you're never going to forget it. Now people years and years from now who maybe aren't as familiar with the legend who helped build the Lady Grizz in one of the preeminent mid-major women's basketball programs in the United States. He will be remembered forever because the court at Dahlberg Arena has been named after Robin Selvig. So now when uh, the Grizz and Lady Grizz are playing down there at the Adams Center at Dahlberg Arena, they'll be playing on Robin Selvig Court. So pretty cool. Uh, Coach Selvig went 511 and 61 during his 38 years at Montana. That's just at home. He won 865 games all told, but 511 of them at home. 511 of his 572 home games he won in. That's it's a pretty good percentage, I'd say. Uh, Lady Grizz were basically unbeatable at home for uh, basically 40 years, which is unreal. And uh, a testament to a lot of you out there that have been to Lady Grizz uh, games and are Lady Grizz faithful, but also a, a testament to the man who the court is now named after. Treasure State star number three, Josh Bannon. The uh, Grizz basketball team's been up and down so far this year, but not because of Bannon. Bannon has been lights out. He was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week last week coming out of the Zootown Classic, which was the season-opening tournament for the uh, the home opening tournament, excuse me, for UM men's basketball. And uh, here, to get our number two started off, we'll give you a roundup of what's been going on in the wide world of Big Sky Conference basketball. But Josh Bannon, a junior forward for the uh, Grizzlies, he's one of the leading rebounders in the country right now, averaging more than 13 rebounds per game. And uh, he was great during that tournament, winning tournament MVP and also earning... Big Sky Conference Player of the Week honors. Treasure State star number four. How about Isaiah Fonse? He hasn't done anything yet, but the fact that he might, could, and probably will play on Saturday, I think a welcome sign for Bobcat fans. He is, in my estimation, one of the best running backs in the Big Sky Conference, one of the best running backs in the football championship subdivision, but he has not played since the FCS National Championship game last January. He's been out all year, 
but he's finally been cleared to play. So he will redshirt this year and maintain his final year of eligibility and return to MSU or otherwise, depending on what he decides to do. But it seems like right now all signs point towards him playing next year at Montana State. But because of this new redshirt rule, he can play in four games, and there's no way the Montana State has more than four games left. If they do got four games left, that means they're going back to Frisco. So Isaiah Fonte has been cleared, and he will play. Uh, so he has already been knocking on the door, becoming Montana State's all-time leading rusher, even without having played this year. I think he's less than 200 yards away from their school record. So uh, maybe he'll put a dent in that, or maybe even break that uh, over the next week or two. We'll see. Not sure how elevated his role will be for the Bobcats, but if he is back to full strength, and again, that that's a mystery. I don't know if he will be back to full, full strength right away, but if he is back to full strength, talk about an unbelievable addition for the Bobcats, a team that's already averaging 315 rushing yards per game. Best team running the football I've ever seen. Uh, that's not a triple option team, this Bobcat squad. So, uh, if Afonso really is back in full force, goodness, watch out. Treasure State start number five, it's Malik Flowers. Flowers had an 80-yard kick return for a touchdown. That's his seventh, count them, seven kick returns, four touchdowns in his career. And uh, that ties him with Rashid Shaheed, the former Weaver State star for the Big Sky Conference record, as well as the... Uh, FCS record, Rashid Shaheed had seven during his Weber State career. Malik Flowers now has seven for the uh, to tie the all-time record. So one more for Flowers, and he'll be the uh, the kick return touchdown king. Will anybody kick to him ever again? I'm not sure. I, I didn't think anybody was going to kick to him all year long, and they have, and he's got two already this year. So uh, crazy to think, but uh, great job by him, and uh, he will join us sometime this week, maybe even later on today. Maybe not. We'll see uh, how Grizz practice ends up. But uh, he is our uh, final Treasure State star for this week. Treasure State stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. What's going on around the world of college hoops for the Montana schools? We'll get you all caught up there. I also have more questions about the World Cup and uh, maybe even play some blindside. And we could have Malik Flowers, we'll see. Either way, a non-structured, loose, fun, and flexible hour number two of Nuana's Now coming at you. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.